welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 1% Podcast. I'm here with Raymond Egbo. This is episode nine. Raymond, I want to ask you, you were seen on, is it, it's British uh, GQ and Vogue. Yes, correct. For your jewelry collection. Yes. What inspired you to start your own jewelry collection? Um, well, it's a long story, but I'm not going to go too crazy in it, but, um, so I've always been a creative. Okay. Uh, I've always been into anything that I can imagine. I kind of dive dove into. So from being in elementary school to like, I used to like cut out, I used to print out anime, like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon, and then glue the pictures on cardboard, cut it out and made like stick figures fighting with it. And then going into uh, middle schools, writing, um, doing comics back then too. High school, gone to like poetry, and and I've always been around fashion altogether. My mom uh, studies uh, studies to be a seamstress back home in Nigeria, um, so I always used to kind of grow up like color coordinating apparels and accessories and things like that. Uh, but kind of fast forwarding into college, I did uh, accessories. Um, I used to design like make my own beaded necklaces and braces for myself and things like that. And um, I worked with a few of my old college mates and we had a clothing line for a short period of time. And I did um, men's accessories and apparel too. So we went our separate ways and that kind of rolled into getting into uh, jewelry design, kind of like teaching myself on the aspects of, you know, communicating jewelry design and enhancing the things I was already doing for myself. And, uh, kind of just developed and went in from there getting into jewelry. That's like the, the comp- compact story. <laughs> you briefly touched on how you were creative and I would consider myself a creative and I oftentimes live in, live in my head, you know, and, and some people are, you know, that may make them uncomfortable. Some people are like, you know what, that I can definitely resonate with you and, and definitely agree with you. Would you say oftentimes that as a creative, you live in your head, you're always thinking of details, how you can better your product, how you can be able to improve on it, maybe things that you want to tweak up or just creative thoughts in general? Constantly. Um, I think like you touched on, being creative is always being in your head. And then it's one thing to be creative, like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago than it is now, is like you're creative and then you're in your own head in that aspect. But then there's this kind of notion, especially when you want to make, like, basically make a, a living off of your creativity. So then if you're not business savvy or you know if you are, then you kind of either dive into business and kind of like circle encompass that within the creativity. So like you're thinking about all the creative processes and then you're thinking about the business aspect and then running a business is like a 24 seven thing. So you're constantly in that. And then that's not even the aspects of each subsection. Like when you're creative, you're always kind of like benchmarking yourself to your previous work or you're benchmarking your work to other people's work. And I've learned not to do that over the years, but you know, it's one thing to be inspired and then to be put down by other people's stuff. But when you're inspired, it's like it motivates you, but it's like, you're always like, okay, how can I 
better my work? How can I advance it? How can I develop it? And you kind of get in the space of like, is it good enough? Should I put more work into it? Should I just put it out? Like, oh man, what about the feedback? Like, so you're constantly in that mental battle all the time uh, when you're a creative. They always, you know, I always hear the quote, comparison is the killer of joy. And they always talk about how you're not supposed to compare yourself to others or compare yourself to your past self. And I would think of it like this, because sometimes, you know, obviously with Drake's album just came out, this is, this is an example I want to give. Some people want the work that they might have done in the past, but at some point in their lives, it's timestamps. So who Drake is now is not going to be the person that he made when he made Take Care. He's not going to be the person that he made when he made Views. He's a different person. He's going through a different phase in his life. And I yep. think that comparing yourself to your past self is obviously you want to be able to take positive things out of it, but not really focus on the negative because obviously focusing on the negative will manifest and now into your reality. So with anybody who's listening to this, don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to the person that, you know, you might be in the same line of work in or compare yourself to your past self, because at the end of the day, you would just create this negative spiral negative mindset that will ultimately and could be your downfall. Now, I want to ask you another question. Why has the importance of intertwining the African heritage and the Nigerian heritage and jeweler become so important to you? Well, it's so important to me because for one, like jewelry in a sense is kind of untapped when it comes to uh, men um, being men focused. Um, over the last five years or so, 10 years, men have become more comfortable with themselves, more express themselves outside of just from apparel, but into accessories as well. You know, you notice where you guys just wearing a watch and maybe a chain or bracelet that's it, or maybe one ring. Like this, you, you see more gentlemen wearing more, more stacking rings and more bracelets and more necklaces, earrings and things like that. So that level of expression has gone up. And when I was kind of seeking, you know, brands that did jewelry um, that, you know, I wanted to kind of connect to, after I was really looking like there wasn't much representation of that, you know, of African heritage with the medium of jewelry. And certain brands would like, if they do a collection that's inspired by Africa, it's very like one, like one dimension. It was just either the focus is on like Egypt or like wildlife. Like that was it. There wasn't much of anything diving into various cultures of certain countries and certain villages and tribes and the history. And is there's so much that you can dive into any country or any background in Africa and you can pull so much history and heritage and art out of it. So I was looking for that. I'm like, yeah, this is like a misrepresentation of what Africa actually is. Like, yeah, this wildlife is part all over Africa. And then Egypt is probably one of the most recognizable countries in, in Africa, but that's more than that. And it's even only one side of Egypt that they're showing is always like the pharaohs and uh, the, uh, the pyramids and things like that. Like there's, there's more to that within those areas too. So that was my mission with the brand to, you know, create a medium of jewelry where I can explore um, culture and heritage through that and doing it now and then I see it like far surpassing me even being here because I can't touch every aspect or every aspect of Africa. There's so much more that you can dive into it. I'm glad that you are extremely passionate about the uh, Nigerian culture and just Africa in general, because at least where I'm from, I have not met a lot of people that were from the Nigerian descendant ever since I came to the city. 
you know, I've seen a big population and I feel like, you know, people need to be proud on where they come from and the heritage and just kind of learn more about the history because sometimes, at least, at least for me, um, I think it's important that you need to understand where your background is from and embrace that because that's a, that's a part of who you are. And embracing that part of yourself is something that's extremely, you know, crucial because at the end of the day, you want to be proud of yourself, proud where you're from, proud where your family is from. And in return that, you know, you can learn a lot about the culture, a lot about the history and even about yourself because of, you know, where you come from and just the background of it. I also saw, and this was on your uh, website, that you've been able to do this with no formal experience. How, how, have, how has that, pro, uh, that process and that transition been for you? And has it been difficult? And what have you learned throughout that process? Um, so the process has been... It's been it's been fun so far. It's been interesting and fun because I'm teaching myself something that I'm passionate about. And you know, obviously I don't have you know when I started, I didn't have the technical know-how of like I just I had an idea. Like I YouTube University is like one of the best things out there. So I hopped on YouTube and I was already making like beaded work by myself, you know, my necklaces and stuff like that and bracelets. So I was like, you know what, like how can I actually, you know, make molds and things like that and I'm like I, I'm in an apartment in Brooklyn like I don't have a studio like so like all right I have to outsource this work but then it's like all right if, I can, if I'm not doing it by my hands like right now at this moment like I got to know how to communicate that and then I dove into understanding every component of processing it from sketching it and then actualizing it whether in putting it in CAD which I do some CAD work as well or sending it out to some guys more advanced uh, with the work and then creating it in a 3D print, making the wax, making the mold out of it, and then going to casting and then the process and everything like that. So, you know, teaching myself that before I launched my first collection in 2019, it took me about two and a half years before I kind of finalized, um, you know, the collection that I wanted, how I wanted to design, and the pieces that I made for myself along with it um, to go along there. And um, I wouldn't say it's been vastly difficult. I think there's been more areas where as I've kind of grown and my brand has been recognized and my work is recognized and I've gone into industry and I've seen people who can do it all from like start to finish by their own hands, then kind of like that uh, comparison to Thief of Joy. It's like, man, like, am I really that good? Because these people have making amazing things and they do it by hand. It's like, I'll just do the sketch and design it or send it out or I'll do some of the work by my hands. It's like, am I really, you know, on that level to kind of call myself a designer and things like that? But um, even from my peers, they've kind of like, no, man, like you're really doing something like what you're creating and what you stand behind, like your mission and everything, like you're just as comparable to anybody you're in this room with. So I've learned that, you know, my own path and my own journey, you know, it's it's me, it's what I'm doing and I'm making a positive impact and I should be proud of what work I'm doing, whether I don't have the technical training or somebody else does or not. First of all, I just want to say that I've seen the collection and obviously I've seen the mission. And I think that, you know, it's the jewelry looks top tier and it looks great. Thank you. And I just want to just want to point that out to you. Um, and just being able to take the matters into your own hands in the work and studying and understanding, you know what, maybe I don't have the right tools right now, but that doesn't mean that I can't educate myself. I can't be able to learn 
so when I do get the space or when I do get that, now I'm able to dive in and I'm not kind of clustered or I'm not confused about where to start, where to go. So that just tells me a little bit about the determination and the work ethic, because I feel like sometimes people will wait and they'll be like, you know, I don't have it right now or this. I'm going to just wait until when. And then sometimes when never comes. And right. I think that's the extreme important part. And that just tells me a lot about you just being able to, you know, love the process and being able to love the little details and the things that you go on throughout your journey. And speaking of cross process, what do you love most about the industry? What do you love most about creating your own jewelry? You know, look, most, uh, it's two, I guess two parts is actualizing what is in my head and creating it, manifest, manifesting it. Um, but tying, you know, the story that I'm trying to convey or the history or the art uh, or the culture behind the piece and then sharing that with somebody who's interested. When it comes to jewelry, jewelry is more, especially if it's at a, uh, a price that you invest in, um, it's something that's more relation, um, emotional, emotionally driven and kind of like a relationship that you build with the piece. Um, Cause you have, you know, you hear, hear of heirloom pieces that are passed down from family and generation, things like that. And, you know, higher end designers, um, your Tiffany's and things like that, Cartier pieces that could be passed down or tells a story. Um, so when it comes to outside of the design aspect, cause someone looks at it like, oh, it looks appealing. But then when you dive into it, you're like, oh, wow, like there's, there's something deeper behind that. And then seeing that like reaction or getting that feedback from somebody is like, oh, okay, there's a deeper connection that I now share with the person through my work and then through the jewelry itself. So I think those two aspects is like the most um, intriguing to me that I really connect with. What most people don't understand about jewelry is that it's an investment, I would I would say. Uh, would, would you agree with that statement that, it, that it's an investment? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think with, you know, the investment, it obviously tells a story, you know? Um, I feel like, jewelry and fashion can express a lot about a person. It can be able to show us who they are. It can show us more about them, what they like, what they dislike. And it could just show them, just show a, a broader aspect of that person. And I think that sometimes people, you know, when they see the amount of, you know, jewelry, how much it may cost, they don't understand that, you know what, it might be this price now, but in the future, it can go up 10, 20 times just because of the value it holds, because of the story it tells. And because of, obviously, we know gold can value over time. And I'm not too much with silver, but I know gold can value over time. And I think that when going into buying a piece of jewelry or buying a piece of buying any item, that it's important to understand that the value increases over time just because you paid maybe $800, $900 now. It could now in return a couple of years be five, 10 grand, 15 grand just because of the investment that you made on that one time. Yep. And as a creative, I want to know what has been the hardest part of it being a creative. And I also would, would argue that you would be a social media influencer because of some of the posts that you put up on Instagram. Have you been able to get in into any uh, creative blocks, any funks have happened along your journey? Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. I'm, I'm actually getting over one like right now. Um, like at this moment, I think last, so if you kind of been on my um, page, I haven't posted anything on my business page since the New Year's, like coming into the New Year's. And just coming from last year, 
Um, I was uh, I was unemployed from April of 2021 until November. So that gap uh, of that time kind of got me into uh, uh, creating content, uh, social media influencing, and things like that. And I found you know passion into that because uh, I have a love for fashion in general. Um, so with that, I was tying that with with uh, awareness of my jewelry and things like that. So that was processing well. Um, some partner brand partnerships here and there as well, but ultimately, you know, to fund, you know, your life and then fund, pay the bills yeah. and then run a, run a jewelry brand because jewelry brand is very expensive. Uh, so I was like, uh, yeah, I got to start, I got to start working again. Um, so I started working in and the job has been, when I first started, it took a lot to kind of get into it and learning the process and getting back to work after being out of work for several months. And it was a very, very stressful time. It, it, I, I stopped going to the gym. Uh, like I didn't pick up a pen to sketch anything. Like a lot of social media just, just kind of like whew, flattened. So it took a lot out of me for like three to four months. Um, and then going into the new year, you know, I was trying to, I started to like, you know what, let me try and reevaluate things and try to get a better grasp on, you know, things that means mean a lot to me. I know like I need to pay the bills and work and things like that. So as things got a little bit more settled at work, I was able to kind of pour into back into the things I was doing. And while doing that, like I told you, I, it took me like two and a half years to launch my first collection uh, before I launched. And from then till now, I've been creating pieces, putting out creating pieces, putting out collection. And I was like, instead of trying to rush back into creating pieces like on the jewelry schedule and things like that, industry schedule, I'm like, I'm going to focus on building the collection the way I want to, how I did before and make sure I'm very happy with what I want to do and put it out in my own time. So yeah, my business page has been relatively quiet, but I've still worked with stylists here and there. I've still worked with doing interviews, like something like this as well. So there's still presence. My brand is still, you know, people still, catching on to it, still make some sales hand there. So um, it's not, I'm worried about being irrelevant or anything like that. It's just more, I wanna be content with what I do and what I put out. Um, so it just, I'm like hundred percent happy, boom, put that out and I continue to put the work after that rather than trying to rush and worry about, oh man, I've been quiet. You know, no one paid attention to people on social media, this and that, I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> no one knew me for the first two and a half years what I was doing until I put on my work. People are aware of what's going on. People appreciate it. I'll do the same thing again and I'll get in a better groove. And then I'll be able to one day put things out every six months, nine months at a time. But for now, this is what I'm doing right now. So I'm getting to a better space. <laughs> so the last six, seven months has been, it's been tough, but I'm in a better space now and we're, we're rolling, we're rolling with that now. I think that you, you touched on it. Um, I think that's extremely important. Satisfying, I guess, your own appetite, your own needs. Because oftentimes when you create a platform for yourself, the follower or the listener or just maybe the buyer is kind of like, oh, well, where have you been? And why aren't you doing this? And why isn't a collection drop? But at the same time, I feel as if they don't understand what pressures that come with and how much it really is on you. You know, sometimes people aren't really compassionate or empathetic to it takes a lot. Like it's not something that you just wake up one day and it's just it has to, it takes a lot in order to be able to make the collection to how you want it and how also you got to think about how the buyer may think 
or the consumer may think. So it's not just about, oh, I need to wake up this day and just create. I need to be able to make sure that I'm going to satisfy my own needs and satisfy them as well. And um, I, I guess I can, you know, to, to compare or relate to it, I guess, you know, I would say with Kendrick that he's been gone for a while. You know, he, he, had, a very, he had a very long hiatus, but not many people understood what it took between those years he was going through a lot, you know, he briefly talked about in some of his songs, you know, he had to go to therapy and, you know, there were some personal issues that he deals with, but they don't see that, you know, they see the, the, all they see is the collections. They see the drops, they see this, they see that, but they don't see the process that it takes to get there. They just see the product. And I think that it's extremely important for any consumer that's listening or that's following along it's not something that's easy. You know, if we could just, if it was easy, everybody would do it, you know, right. just got to be able to make sure that you have to let that person or the person you're following, just let them be in their creative flow. Let them be in their creative state because it's, it's extremely hard to get out of a funk. But I noticed that when you create, that's when you get out of the funk. If you wait for inspiration, sometimes it never comes when you're just yeah. creating and you're just focusing on the details and focusing on, on, okay, this is how I want it to go. This is what I want to do and just create. I've noticed that the funk just kind of dissipates. It, it disappears and as if it was never there in the first place. And I think that's the key thing in order to take away to how to get out of, to how get it, getting out of a creative funk. Yeah, I agree. Fashion. I remember I saw on one of your one of your posts that you said an important rule in fashion is consistency with yourself. Can you briefly touch on that? Uh, because I was a little, I was intrigued by it, and I was you know fascinated by those words because I didn't really know what it means, but I kind of am interested to know what it means to you. Yeah. So from consistency, obviously we know the definition of consistency is just doing the same thing, being consistent with it, a process. Uh, when it comes to, and I guess in a sense of fashion com- combination with style, um, you know, it, it comes down to staying to true to who you are. You know, you hear a lot of people, you know, oh, how do you get into fashion or style? Like, oh, be you, be you, be you. And, you know, you can be you, but there has to be a consistency of staying like you and staying yourself because there's constantly trends that come through and, you know, the hottest thing, the latest thing, and this, whatever case may be. And if you're somebody who just kind of reflects what's going on, you know, are you really being you? Or if that is you, then that's you, that you could be that type of person. But in true essence, when it comes to fashion and styling, it's, it's being yourself, your authentic self and consistently being that way. You see people, who you may look up to in fashion and say, we're, you know, we're talking about music, like you have your Pharrell, your Andre 3000, um, Fonsworth Bentley. To this day, I still think he's one of the flyest dudes, even though he's kind of low key. Um, Fonsworth Bentley, um, you have people like, even say, say Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous, you know, he's, but those are like, he's been himself. Like he's been consistent. And people will think like, oh, Fab's been dressing like this since, you know, back in the early thousands. And okay, his jeans may have got a slimmer and things like that, but it's still in that same realm of fat. Like it's still him. And he's stayed consistent. And I think when it comes to styling and fashion, it's like you you can navigate, you can develop your style, you can develop your sense of fashion and things like that, but it all still revolves like consistently. 
being what you connect to, what you're passionate about and what you love in certain aspects of fashion. So I think staying that way, as you continuously do that and you're developing and you're refining, you're refining, it stays, you have to be consistent in doing that. I think that's extremely important, you know, just being yourself and to others, they may want to follow a trend, which is, which is okay. But I feel as if sometimes, you know, especially with fashion, as I've noticed on the TikTok, people where, you know, everybody now is all into dunks or everybody now is into the New Balance. I think it's the 250s. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Or at one point it was the Air Forces. Well, yeah. I think you know what New Balance is I may be talking about. Yeah, but, I think the 3, 330s, I think, if I'm not mistaken. The, yeah, the something, yeah, something like that. But people are so into what everybody else is doing and not really focused on, you know, what do they like? What, what's their taste in fashion? What do they want to wear? And I feel like a lot of times it's trying to follow another person instead of creating their own unique style or creating their own whatever it may be. And I feel like with especially trends, we get so caught up in the masses instead of just worrying about what we actually like. And I feel like that comes obviously with, you know, looking at different trends, looking at different fashions and being able to apply, maybe taking some from each and applying them to your own. With that being said on trends, how easily, um, how are they so easily switched throughout time and how does one navigate through the trends, uh, knowing, you know, what maybe here now may not be in there in five, four to five years. How does one stay within the trends for the listeners? Um, well, honestly, the aspect of trends is really a way for retail and fashion to kind of get a cop out to just get the product or whatever it is on the person and go. Um, it's, like, oh, this is what's trendy for somebody who doesn't really know fashion, but they have the money to be like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Drop this X amount of dollars, get it and go. Retailer makes their money, company makes their money, and then they're out the door. Um, but when it comes to trends, there are certain trends. Uh, I think this is this big wave on like a lot of things that are high end um, are like very trendy and people are buying into that a lot. Um, you say dunks is having this moments, like you said, some of these sneakers and new balances, you know, those are having their moments. I, mean, I think footwear culture, like trend in footwear culture and trend in like fashion apparel is kind of like its own kind of realm um, in a sense. Um, but when it comes to navigating trends, I think it still comes down to, you know, it, you, you got to have a basis of knowledge of like what you like, like what you care about when it comes to what you want to wear and things like that. You can take few pieces here and there, like when it comes to things that's trending, like, uh, I don't know, like say dunks in general, you're not a dunks person, you're a Jordan person. Like, oh, you know what, I like this dunk. I like this SB or whatever it is, what model's coming out. I personally like, I like it. It might be trendy, but I like it. It's something I can continue to wear in the next three, four, five years. Um, and you can get into that. It may not have gone to your front radar because if it wasn't trending, you may have not caught it, but it is trending now. You pay attention to it, but you put it into your lifestyle because you like it and it will fit into your lifestyle over the years. Just don't invest in something right now, six months later, and then you're never going to wear it again or it's trendy. So those are the type of the traps you kind of want to um, you know, avoid. At the end of it, you still want to stay like consistent with yourself. And then you can navigate trends because nothing's going to, you're going to become unwavering. Nothing's going to move you so much is like, this is my core, it's my foundation, this is trending. All right, cool, you know, I might take this aspect of it 
and incorporate to what I'm doing now. Five years later, no one's wearing it, but it still works with what I do because I enjoy it. Um, so I, I think don't invest so much into trend without really knowing yourself when it comes to fashion um, and styling and things like that. Um, I mean, but if you just don't care and you have the money to spend, like that's what the trends are there for. Uh, but at our core, yeah, you can easily navigate it. You just got to stay really consistent with yourself. How would you describe your style? Um, I finally learned over the last few years that I don't really have a consistent style. <laughs> I don't have one style. Um, I've gone through like periods um, of like style and stuff like that. And I think most of, at the core, I can say that I'm a footwear person. Like number one, like I came, I was in high school, I was a sneakerhead. Um, I wasn't in Jordans, I was into dunks. I was on the SB and dunk side um, versus Jordan gang in them back in the day. So, um, but at that point it was like, you know, SBs and dunks and Stussy T's and, you know, Supreme and things like that. Uh, when Ralph Lauren had his whole wave of polo and stuff like that. But um, in that aspect of streetwear, and then when it comes to more of a formal wear, like I was huge on Ralph Lauren. Like Ralph Lauren gave me a big basis of, you know, wearing dress, dress attire, business casual, formal, things like that. So I kind of like bounced between the two. And then as I learned more about fashion and different designers and things like that, I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, let me kind of incorporate this designer and stuff like that. And Century 21, the department so familiar with it was like the safe haven. <laughs> it, was, it opened up so many things for me because I used to shop there and focused on, you know, design and brands I didn't really know about. Mm. So I would just navigate through through, through the, the shelves and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, what's this? I never heard of this. Oh, it's made in Italy. What does it look like? All right, cool. I'll rock with it. And then I just kind of built my closet from there. And that's kind of taught me about different brands and designers and got more into fashion and things like that. But it's just a marriage of like all my experiences over the years. And, you know, I like to experiment. I've always been into experimenting. And by experimenting in a, in a way that was still kind of refined. You know, there's some people who are experimenting, they're like really out there and I can appreciate it. Um, and my aspects, like I can take some aspects of that and just kind of refine it in my own way and kind of go with there. So, but yeah, I don't really have one sense of style that I can like put my finger on for the most part. What has it meant to you to be featured on Vogue and British GQ? Obviously there's gotta be a lot of emotions and uh, you know, seeing the hard work pay off. What, what has that meant to you being featured on those great magazines? It's a lot. <laughs> it was like re very emotional uh, to actually see that I was you know, being recognized and have my jewelry there amongst other amazing designers. And, you know, it was to see it like digitally, it was like, all right, cool. But then they actually send you over um, like the actual magazine. And when it came in, I looked at it, I'm like, yo, like you can't like you can't take this back. Like this is like this is printed. Like this is in the frame catalog. It. You gotta frame it up somewhere. Yeah, like I, I have it like right here next to me on my table. Like it's you know when the, I think the British GQ one really hit me a lot because um, on the cover was Burner Boy. Um, so and obviously I have like a big connection with Afrobeat, some Nigerian, and everything. So to kind of even though my jewelry wasn't on him per se, but you know just to say that I'm in the magazine that he graced the front cover and is like man like this is like this is something that is really it really happened and it was it was a very 
to ask to see it actually happen and coming through from the pandemic and where I, where I was coming from and how the brand was growing and everything and to reach this point you know you have those moments where like man is this work going to pay off is work going to pay off when is it going to pay off when is it going to pay off and it's like all right you know I'll just whatever and it's kind of not really dwelling so much and then it just manifests and then it just manifests and it's like yeah I'm doing the right thing <laughs> like I'm doing the right thing like it kind of end up doubting yourself sometimes it's like nah this is like confirmation and stuff like that so I think that when is something that trips a lot of people up you know because they want it right now but understand that sometimes it doesn't really happen when you want it you know sometimes those trials and tribulations prepare you when you finally get it, sometimes you're really not ready for it at that time. You think you may be ready for it. You know, obviously with you and, and myself included, I've, I felt that I was ready for certain things at a point in time, but I had to understand that, you know, the process, you got to appreciate the process a little bit more because life will smack you in the face if you're not appreciating it. And don't worry about the when, just continue to trust with what you're doing, continue to believe in what you are doing. And at some point it always clicks. You know, sometimes even when you least expect it, when you when you think that you're going to get it, then sometimes you don't get it then. And I think it's extremely important to stay diligent through the process and just continue to keep working, because at the end of the day, when you continue to work, it'll all pay off. I have a final three questions for you. Of course, you know, these could be rapid questions. These could be a little bit in depth. Is there any potential collaborators that you would want to work with in the future? Only one that comes to mind is Pharrell Williams. Like, like that's, that's that. <laughs> what would you tell anybody that's aspiring to be in the fashion industry? Take risks. Don't, don't be afraid to take risks. Um, don't let outside factors manipulate or change what you want to stand behind. Like if, if you want to stand on this, like stand on what you want to do and run with that. If you, if that's part of your inner core, like, let that be that um you can develop you can learn through other experiences but don't let someone kind of like shift what you want to do at the core and just really stick to your guns if there was a person that is not with us currently at this time that you would want to work with who would it be no can't can't really think of anymore right now um can't think of anymore right now you know, there, there was this instant where I thought about working with Virgil when he was, you know, alive. We kind of had exchanged some uh, quick banter on an Instagram post way back when he was still just doing off-white. And I kind of thought to myself, like, oh, man, maybe this is like planting the seed of us kind of like working with each other one day. But, um, you know, outside of that, I can't really say that I've really would have dived in working with anybody that's kind of been focusing on my own space and uh, grounding myself in the brand. Uh, but I'm definitely open to working with people as like my visions align with others and stuff like that. But for right now, just me and the brand, man. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond, I wanna thank you for taking time out your day to you know, come on, talk with me, get to know each other a little bit. Cause you know, we, we didn't have a brief uh, conversation beforehand but I definitely got to know a lot more about you and I can't wait to see what happens with you in the future. I know there's gonna be great things just from the brief conversation, just from the work ethic, and just from the consistency that you've shown. Everybody who's listening, I wanna thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing love. Thank you guys for showing appreciation. Make sure you're growing today. I'm Avi, I'm out.